This episode is sponsored by Postalytics. If you're doing any type of marketing for your startup today, you're probably missing out on one of the most underrated marketing channels there is to grow your business, direct mail marketing. Finding ways to stand out and get attention for your prospects has never been harder. Business people receive over 120 emails per day. The average Gmail account contains over 8,000 messages. With Postalytics, start standing out by delivering personalized messages directly into the hands of your audience to form a deeper impression than email alone. The best part is you can integrate with your CRM to track, trace, and measure the impact of every dollar you spend. So whether you're an agency or startup founder and looking to build out your next direct mail marketing campaign, visit postalytics.com for a free account and start sending direct mail today. If you'd like to sponsor the SaaS District podcast or recommend any guests that you think would be valuable to be on the show, visit horizoncapital.com slash SaaS podcast today. Thanks again, folks. So, Michael, I uh, want to switch gears. want to understand, you know, can you share, you know, your background, your past positions, past ventures up until, you know, co-founding, uh, you know, the CEO role at, at Reworking? You know, you also had another company prior to that, which made you made that pivot. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, <laughs> I've been on a bit of a journey myself. I'm, the, the key for me is that I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly investing in myself and um uh, and improving you know as as i go so a bit of a background i graduated from swansea university in the uk um studying e- economics and i probably for years prior i always wanted to be a, a financial trader now that was my dream job and i ended up working for a fantastic company we based in an office in in a place called brighton in the uk uh, I was trading, probably had about seven tr- screens in front of me. I was trading short-term interest rates and commodities. It was a fast-paced environment to work in. And I loved it. You know, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I, I worked there for uh, quite a bit of time. And I ended up becoming uh, the operations manager for, for the branch and, and moved move back to my roots in Wales, uh, where we managed 60-plus financial traders. It was a big big um, trading floor, not just the, you know, the, the risk management side of things, but it was their personalities and dealing with wins and losses. And it was, you know, I had people crying on shoulders. It was, yeah, it was, it was a, a busy time. Uh, and, you know, but I gained a huge amount of experience from more from the personality side of things and how to deal with pressure and, you know, but what I always kind of, what I kind of knew and what I began to realize is that trading wasn't my long-term career. wasn't something that I wanted to, you know, carry on doing um, mm. for the foreseeable future. So I decided to uh, look at other avenues uh, and I ended up founding my own consultancy, which basically helped uh, small to medium enterprises in Wales grow their business by opening new opportunities. Uh, and then I, at the same time, I was also consulting for various trading firms in, in London, you know, helping them to enter new markets, finding opportunities to enter new markets. Uh, you know, and I obviously did that for quite a while. But then during this time, I also had my first child. So 
you know, having your first child, being self-employed, being a father, it was, it was difficult. Uh, and it was at this point I decided to, uh, I needed to be employed, have a bit more stability, even though I'm, I've, I'm, you know, historically this risk, you know, I'm happy to take risk. I'm that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, with decision, <laughs> decision with my, my wife and, you know, my child here, we decided to get into employment. But so I ended up working for this recruitment consultancy based in a place called uh, a little village, uh, town called Mumbles uh, in Swansea. And it was amazing. You know, it was a very small consultancy. I was working with three very experienced search consultants. You know, they've, they had a combined experience of probably about 60, 60 years. You know, it was very experienced. My challenge was to go in there, provide full 360 recruitment, open a new desk within the software space, get clients, get the contracts from the clients, search for the best talent, and then close the deals. Right. Uh, and I ended up getting some some big clients on board, the likes of SAP. Uh, and, and you know, we were pretty much placing director level roles up. You know, it was a fantastic experience. Very, uh, but the thing is, we all shared the same experience, and uh, sorry, the, the same interests. We were all interested in triathlons and sports. And so we were placing candidates, experienced candidates, closing big deals in the morning, then going swimming in the in the local bay, Langland Bay, you know, have a, a triathlon training for lunch, uh, and then back closing deals in the afternoon. It was a f- great kind of um, work life balance in this place, you know. And it was through this role, I realised the potential within the software space because mm-hmm. I was obviously placing candidates within software space, and I, I noticed a unique company called Vico. In uh, and they were based in Swansea as well, uh, and they provide inventory management software. So pretty complex software. It does a lot. It has a lot to offer for for retailers, online retailers. And I approached them and began essentially working for them as a, as a business development manager. Uh, and I was with Vico for about four years. Um, fantastic company. Again, we took them from seed to Series B, mm-hmm. uh, closing. You know. I think I closed one of the biggest deals of the companies. I think I still stand as well. So <laughs> I keep in contact with them. <laughs> but I met some amazing people. And one of the guys that I met there, he was previously the head of sales. Uh, his name is Guy Wendon. He went on to work for uh, an organization called the, the Alacrity Foundation. Um, and he approached me and he said, what they, well, what the Alacrity Foundation do, they, they train graduate entrepreneurs to essentially create the next generation of high-tech companies in the UK. And he approached me and he said, look, we've got a team of developers here. They're, you know, they're fantastic developers um, and they need a CEO for, for, for the company. And they have this idea, okay. uh, but they need someone in to come and, uh, come and push it forward. So um, I felt I achieved what I needed to achieve in Vico. And I decided to think, well, okay, you know, I've always wanted to carry on with my entrepreneurial spirit and to have my own company. So I'll take the leap. So uh, I did. Bearing in mind, this product and idea that they had was this family history app. So I'm predominantly business to business and then I'm going into a mm. B2C product or company. Uh, and the, the app, well, at the time, the company was called My Maple. So the first thing I did was change the company name <laughs> uh, and we changed it to Reliving. And we, uh, we, we, we built a product that enables people to preserve their life stories um, for future generations to learn and develop from. So the idea is that you can write a daily diary, you can 
um, build a family tree and, and also uh, record loved ones in, in a video format. We launched the company in October 2018. We exhibited in the RootsTech conference, which is the biggest family history conference in the world. We had a, a great launch. We gained about a thousand users. But the problem was that uh, we quite quickly realized the amount of money that was required in terms of marketing to get the users that we needed to then make sure that our freemium model was successful. Right. So um, I was constantly looking to um, at ways that we can generate revenue within the company. You know, we had a fantastic product, some great features. Um, and, and so it was at this time where we essentially, I was speaking with our partners, I was speaking with our investors, the Wesley Clover, um, Wesley Clover, and I was speaking to my mentors at the time. I mean, it was almost like a light bulb moment. We realized just, just during the pandemic, remote working's increased, you know, businesses are using this kind of technology more and more. And we have this fantastic feature within Reliving that enables you to create a question pack and mm. record, you know, that, that, that interview. So why don't we just pivot the product and focus entirely what we're good at? And that is video interviewing. So we did, you know, and it was a risk because we already received £250,000 of investment at this point. And okay. we were running we were running out of cash. So within six months, we pivoted the product. We built a fantastic product reworking. We pivoted from reliving to reworking and we raised a further £302,000. So it was a successful pivot. And um, uh, yeah, so, you know, that's that's been my journey to date. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a quite, quite a journey, I think, but I've met some fantastic people. We have a brilliant board of directors great, great mentors behind us, backers, and um, and the product's looking strong. So just, just rewinding for one second there. So you mentioned risk, uh, especially when you have a ch child, right? So I, I know having that first child, your, your mind changes, you know, everything changes. That's a game changer in your life. You know, everything's about them. You can't be taking the same level of risk. So anybody listening yeah. in who's thinking of taking that risk, you know, do it now before you have the kid, because after that, um, you know, it's, it's just not the same. But you you went back to you know working corporate or you know in the sales uh, or you know technical role as a recruit recruiter, and then you went back right. Somebody came came to you, offered you a position, CEO of a startup. Um, you have these two options, right? Where you stick to what you're doing and you you know have that stability, and then or taking a, a risk with a startup. What was that decision at that point? It's like okay, I've got I've, I've got to feed my my my, my family here. Um, were you like, okay, I, I know I'm going to crush it here and like, I see the potential and you know, the, the upside will make up for it in, in a short period of time to make, or, or what was your thinking at that point? I think my, <laughs> so first of all, yeah, you're, you're right. When you ha first have a child, it's very difficult. You know, mm. you're, you, you, you immediately think, start thinking about them and the, your, your worries and you, you, you kind of, um, it's a mental game really, isn't it? You exactly. can either really power on or not. And you know, I was at a point where, you know, I didn't have enough clients within my consultancy to justify powering on and, and seeing if it worked. But I took a step back. You know, my son's a little bit older. I was thinking, well, actually, you know, I'm able to take this. But actually, at the same time, I've already gained a huge amount of experience within the recruitment space. A huge amount of experience um, just speaking to people in general. I mean, the amount of phone calls I've made for, <laughs> since, since then, you know. So I was confident that I was able to build the connections that were, that was required and uh, just generally within the, the, the way that a software company should be run, 
uh, I, I've, you know, I've, I've gained all of that experience within Vico. So um, for me, my experience kind of outweighed the risk that was was there in front of me. So I, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just I had to go, had to go for it basically. Nice. And, and so here we are, twenty twenty one. You know, June or actually just July. Um, where are you guys in terms of size today? MRR, team size, user growth, and you guys mentioned you raised, I guess, almost half a million now, half a million pounds, right? In, in, uh, in that's it. Uh, so yeah. we've raised five hundred fifty thousand. We so when we launched the product back in October. We pretty much was given away to organizations with our network. You know, it was all about testing, getting, making sure that we, we carried out all the right pen tests, the product's solid, it's stable, it's got the right functionality. Um, it was only since February that we've really started driving forward of our marketing. So we, we're at around about 5,000 MRR at the moment per month. We've nice. got 50 customers. We have four employees, three contractors, but that's growing. So we're looking to now take on another sales development representative as well. Um, so we're growing month on month, which is, uh, which is quite exciting. Nice. Love it. So obviously, you know, you being the CEO, uh, you had to get that trust from your investors at that point, right? To raise that additional funds. You know, yeah. they trust you, you're decisive, you're actionable, you've shown your kind of value and uh, working with, you know, with the, the previous model. Um, you know, and I think you, you know, your, your value is shown more when it kind of like you're interviewing and you're doing a, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a job. What, what would you say is like the personality and professional traits make you a good leader and keep you accountable to maybe your investors and help you, you know, build that trust with them? Yes. Good question. I'm, I'm very analyt- analytical. And for me, figures speak, mm. you know, I'm, I'm definitely a sales driven CEO. Um, but throughout my career, whether that's within the trading or, you know, speaking to you know, in the recruitment space, um, I, I understand different personalities. I can speak to people on different levels. And I think that's really important. Um, but, but I have since been a founder of, of re- reliving and re- reworking as it is now. Uh, I spent a lot of time uh, working with technical, technical people and, and, and also taking the time to gain a basic level of technical knowledge um, so that I can you know, understand their needs to ensure the best they, they give the best output they possibly can. Uh, I, I'm ultimately a people's person, I guess. And, and you know, I want to make sure that anyone that, that works at reworking, you know, are getting the most out of working within the company, and uh, from from both a work and personal personal life balance point of view, I guess. Uh, mm. You know, my, my team. If my team are happy, then then the company's happy because they're getting the most out of the team, and uh, you know, hitting their targets. And I you know I'm happy then. So. Nice. And you know, obviously being the CEO of a leading SaaS company, you know, it has to be demanding, right? You're, you're used to that. You see all the kind of things you have to manage. Um, how do you measure your you know, success within your team, your leadership success? Yeah. yeah so, so the great thing for me is that I guess all, all of the employees are entrepreneurial and we all share the same vision. And that is to have, you know, a hundred million pound, hundred million pound plus software company. That's our goal. You know, and I currently measure uh, my leadership success by, by results, you know, results that, that my investors uh, expect. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have one-to-one meetings with, with the team. You know, I offer my support where possible and I ensure that, you know, they take enough holidays <laughs> because it's stressful as a startup founder. Uh, sure. It's as stressful as, as, you know, if you're working in a startup, company, you know, you put in a huge amount of effort, you know, they work as many hours as they possibly can. And, and they, they deserve a break once in, <laughs> once in a while. So yeah. 
So obviously you, you have to stay productive, but still, you know, you have to put the hours. There's just so much work to be done at the early stages. Um, you know, for other maybe startup founders listening in and they're in that same stage, do you have any maybe best practices, productivity hacks or tips for maybe new founders to help them stay focused, productive, energized, and, and you know, keep, keep pushing forward? Yeah, so, so if you're the founder, if the CEO in particular, then mm. I would say don't miss one-to-ones with your team. Because mm. not only can you, and to be honest, I'm guilty of this. And when you wear, when you wear multiple hats, it's very difficult to, to, to attend every one-to-one, but you learn a lot from your team. They have a lot of input. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's really important to make sure that you attend the one-to-ones, have one-to-ones, team meetings, uh, keep morale high, uh, within the team, keep it excited because you're, you're, you're on a journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's powerful. I can't remember. I was reading a book the other day. I don't know if it was like Andy Grove or one of the other management books where they said, uh, yeah, I think the one-to-ones is where you really see, you know, you, you, you people reveal themselves really and uh, you get the real answers when, when you're one-to-one, right? Once you have that third person in the mix or fourth person, like the dynamic changes, it's just totally different than, you know, seeing face-to-face and what you get out of them, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like what goes on in the one-to-one stays in the one-to-one. You know, you can express yourself, get your anger out if you need it to, you know. <laughs> It, it, it's really important, and That's and true. you know, and I, I get the most out of my team. I think because uh, you know they they have that opportunity. Uh, but as I said, I'm guilty. Mm. You know, I I need to conduct. I need to do it more. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, but what, what I'm fortunate of is I have a fantastic team that's quite understanding because you have a lot going on at the moment. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, Michael, if you were starting maybe a new solution today, you're in this industry, right? You have a lot of experience in recruiting. What are yeah. some other opportunities that you would maybe tackle and you see big opportunities maybe in, uh, maybe for other founders listening in that they want to they want to try and test out and build for? Um, it's an interesting one. So I I mean there's AI technology. I mean I, I don't want to give too much away because we're working on quite a lot okay. of new features okay. and functionality. Okay. But, but we can switch. I mean if it doesn't have to be recruiting, it could be something different that maybe you're still excited about and that you guys are not working on about that. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm happy to focus on recruiting. Absolutely. Okay. For me, I think AI technology, understanding, mm. so you have a video interview, they're able to pick up someone's personality or um, feelings and emotions just by, uh, you know, the, the video itself and the way they're acting and whether or not someone's lying or, you know, being truthful. <laughs> thing. It's quite interesting technology, I, I think. Uh, I believe it's still, I think it's out there, but it can be explored definitely a bit, bit a lot more. So, Nice. And there's there's an opportunity there without a doubt. What would you think the the personality would affect that decision? No, because I mean you can tell. I mean, based on their personality, you'd have different kind of how they present themselves too, right? You have somebody who's introverted versus extroverted, and and all of the above, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess if you if you can pick that up over, uh, yeah, you know, human human judgment that that's that's huge. Yeah, yeah I agree. Michael, I want to switch gears, kind of a little bit more personal, more rapid fire questions. Um, what's one piece of advice you wish you had known and would tell your 25 year old self if you're starting again? Buy lots and lots of Bitcoin. No, <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, no, seriously, um, embrace opportunities as much as possible. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, take the risk while you're young. Absolutely. Love it. What are some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to continue to grow reworking and like, you know, what's keeping you up at night these days other than uh, maybe your child? <laughs> <laughs> no, he sleeps through, he sleeps through now, which is great. Um, yeah. Actually, it's, it's such an exciting time for us. You know, there's so many opportunities 
uh, that that uh, for us to grow rework and you know we have partners approaching us we have various businesses and uh, api integrations uh, opportunities businesses signing up and demonstrations but i think it's important we uh, achieve a predictable growth funnel you know and that's mm. that's producing predictable results month in month out so um it's important for me to just be remain focused on that and 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 be open to say no sometimes you know and, yeah. and just be really focused on you know what our goal is our own goal love it uh who would you say or what are some maybe three best re resources that you recommend this could be books could be people mentors people you follow in the space which have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years yeah so i'm okay in terms of books i'm mm. a big fan of life stories you know i love learning from people who've, who've been there done it but from different industries there was i mean there's multiple books there's like talk like ted for instance but there was one that i read recently that chris hadfield the canadian astronaut and his book an astronaut's life on earth he he's a workhorse and and what was really interesting is that he took an approach and i think all astronauts apparently take this approach to always prepare for the worst you know throughout my career it's always been look let's be optimistic about things let's always be positive and you're always you know looking at that side of things when actually we should be preparing what is the worst case situation here but still be positive about it, you know? Mm. So that, that was a really great book to, to read. In terms of leaders and mentors, uh, there's my, my good friend, Guy, Guy Wendon. He's, uh, he's the business development um, uh, manager and a head of business development for a company called Neighborly. And uh, he's been very influential. There's my mentor, Alan Ockenden. He's the founder of TXO Systems. Uh, and he's been extremely influential, you know, whilst, uh, you know, for us that reworking. Uh, you know, his guidance has, has massively helped us uh, get to where we are today. And finally, there's there's Professor Simon Gibson as well. And he's uh, he's on our board of directors. He's got a fantastic background and uh, constantly provides, you know, business guidance and support. Uh, I'm also following a gentleman called Paul Allen. He's, he's the founder of Ancestry.com. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Paul uh, when we exhibited in, in the Rootset conference. And uh, he's currently running a company called Saw, which provides mentorship uh, to, to people that sign up to the platform. And it's, it's a great platform, saw.com. So uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's uh, very interesting. How do you spell that? Is it S-A-W or? S-A-S-O-A-R. Oh, saw.com. Okay, awesome. I'll have yeah, to check that out. Yeah. 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 That's interesting you say about kind of risk assessment and a kind of opportunity, right? That's kind of, you know, the same thing in the investment space of how we, you know, previously when I first started, it was all about opportunity. How can we make big wins? How can we grow this company? How can we invest in something that's growing? But really, I think the, the better way you have to approach is like, okay, yeah, that's always nice. The growth is going to happen. You have to look at that. But the real thing is, okay, what if things go wrong? What is the risks? And then how do you mitigate for the risk? How can you, uh, you know, approach it? Can you live with it? And, you know, how, what do you do if those risks happen? You know, look at those first, because I think it's easy to ignore those and just focus on the, the exciting part, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know what's interesting? And this all comes back down to, to kind of personalities, because when I was trading, some mm. of the best traders there in the company were the ones that were not affected by risk. You know, they, they, would, they would maybe lose a, a fortune in one day and then uh, go home, take a, of a breather, uh, come back in the next day, make all the money back. Those that looked at risk in a bad way that really affected them, you know, mentally, 
and then in, in turn it worked out bad you know they would they wouldn't make the money back they and and they'd be in a worse position so it's all about how you perceive mm. risk and, and in chris hadfield's case it was he, he had to um look at the worst case and plan for the worst case and well prepare for the worst case because if it did happen it means that he's not worried about it because he, he knew exactly what to do he knew exactly right? what to do nice and it's the same in business i i feel Nice. Yeah, I love that. Because yeah, I think once you have that pressure, the, the bad thing happens to you, you lose all your money in Bitcoin. Now you're like, oh, I've got a now I've got that pressure to try to make it back and you start making bad decisions versus like, exactly. okay, I, yeah. I'm going to lose all my money in Bitcoin. If that happens, don't worry about it. I know exactly what I'm going to do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Michael, what does success mean to you today? Whether it's, you know, personally, business, life, you know, what, there's no right answer. Yeah, so I mean, this is always—it's always a cheesy answer, isn't it? When you're yeah, sure. something like this, um, but for me, it's results. You know, providing for my family, absolutely, uh, but also setting a good example, uh, being a thought leader within the industry, um, achieving the best I possibly can achieve, uh, and then you know what I would like to do is, is help others. You know, help other entrepreneurs, uh, provide them experience, my guidance, point them in the right direction. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, from a business point of view, we, we have this goal, as I've mentioned, you know, we want to be a hundred million pound company. Uh, and so, you know, when, when we hit that, that's success, you know, uh, we, we obviously have goalposts to, to, to that point, but, um, nice. yeah, just results is the main thing for me. Love it. Love the ambition, love the, the kind of vision of where you guys want to take it. And I wish you guys the, the most success. Uh, Mike, where, where can our fa- other founders listening in get in touch with you, learn more about you, or just say you know say hi, or, or learn more about reworking? Cool. I mean, oh, absolutely. So you can visit our website, reworking.com. There's a 30-day free trial if you wish, no card required. So sign up, have a play around with the platform. Uh, and you can contact me directly on uh, my email, which is mike.beck, B-E-C-K, at reworking.com. Love it. Thank you so much for, for joining SAS District Show today, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.